So what I need is, I need you to come with me. Cause we gonna do some time traveling. We gonna travel back about 2,000 years to the most significant event in the history of the universe. You ready? Alright, let's go. Yeah. Hello everybody, this is Marcus Staples, your servant Jesus Christ, coming to you with another edition of Unpacking the Theology, the show that unpacks the reason behind the rhyme in Christian hip-hop. If you've been following along with our show, you'll know that for the last several episodes, we have been on an Easter trek as we've been unpacking Shylin's album, The Atonement by Lamp Mode Recordings. In this episode, we're going to be nearing our conclusion with the track, The Cross, Three Hours. So we're just going to get right into it with our scripture reading from today. Our scripture comes out of the Gospel of Mark, chapter 15, verses 33 through 39. And they read, And when the sixth hour had come, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of the bystanders hearing it said, Behold, he is calling Elijah. And some ran and filled a sponge with sour wine, putting it on a reed and gave it to him to drink, saying, Wait, let us see whether Elijah will come down to take it. And Jesus uttered a loud cry and breathed his last. And the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And when the centurion who stood facing him saw that in this way he breathed his last, he said, Truly, this man was the Son of God. So how does this song relate to the scripture we just read? Well, Shailen only puts two verses in this song. In the first verse, he's setting the scene. He's setting what we just read in our scripture reading up, kind of from a bystander's point of view. He does this by first painting the picture of the general setting. So the time, the place, the atmosphere, kind of what's going on. Then he sets the context, which is a large crowd during a Roman crucifixion. And then he states why this particular crucifixion is unusual, and it's because God the Son is the one being crucified. And then he lays out the whole drama by saying that something more than just someone being crucified is happening here, but that rather the, the goings-on, the thing that occurring here is divine in nature. So the three hours that are referred to in the title of this track are between the sixth and the ninth hour, as we read in our text, that would be noon and 3 p.m. And those are the hours that Jesus hung on the cross. So what exactly was going on during this time? Was Jesus just suffering and then he died at the end? Well, yes, that happened, but there was more going on than meets the eye. And we have to dig into scripture a little bit to figure that out. One of the places we can look is 2 Corinthians chapter 5, where Paul writes, For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So during this period of time, God was turning Jesus into sin so that we could be reckoned as righteous. The prophet Isaiah spoke of it this way, hundreds of years before the actual event. He said, Yet it was the will of Yahweh to crush him. He has put him to grief. When his soul makes an offering for guilt, he shall see his offspring. He shall prolong his days. The will of Yahweh shall prosper in his hand. Out of the anguish of his soul he shall see and be satisfied. By his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make many to be accorded, make many to be accounted righteous, and he shall bear their iniquities. 
So that's what was going on during these three hours. In the second verse, Shiling goes on to explain it in a little more detail. So he's more or less continuing the narrative he started in the first verse. He explains what's going on behind the scenes, the things that we that you wouldn't be able to see as a bystander, but what was going on, as we mentioned earlier, in this divine transaction that's happening. And that is, Jesus is willingly putting himself in the place of the sinner. Shai uses specific examples, listing many things that you and I commit every day that Jesus was being punished for when he was hanging there, even though he didn't deserve them because he never committed a single one of these sins. Yet, the work that was going on on the cross during these three hours was indeed Christ paying for those sins. There's also an acknowledgement that this list is just a tiny, 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 minuscule piece of the sins that are actually being placed on Christ. Shai expresses it by saying he could write for a billion years and still wouldn't name all of the sins that were being placed on Christ, which is so very true, considering that all of us sin daily. And if you just take the sins of believers and write them all down, there would be an endless amount because we all sin so much. But this is what shows the true glory and otherness or the holiness of God is that he's taking on himself what he didn't deserve in order to reconcile us to him. See, the events that take place in these three hours are everything that our salvation hinges upon. Christ could have come to earth as a man, he could have lived a perfect life, and he could have ascended back into heaven. But if that's all he did, we wouldn't be saved. Why? Because the wrath of God would not have been paid for. Because without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. So when Jesus died, he was the shedding of blood. He was the once-for-all sacrifice that took on the sins of the world. The writer of Hebrews expresses it this way, And every priest stands daily at his service, offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God, waiting for that time until his enemies should be made a footstool for his feet. For by a single offering he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. And that is the gospel that we believe in. And that's it for this episode. Be sure to join us next week as we wrap up our trip through Shylin's album, The Atonement. If you've been following along and you like what you hear and want to pick up the album, you can find it on our website, unpackingthetheology.wordpress.com, where you can also find every other episode we've made, neatly organized by artist and topic. So, if you really like Shylin and you want to see what other of his tracks we covered, you can find them neat and laid out and categorized just for you. And if you want to contact us directly, shoot an email over to unpackingthetheology at gmail.com or head over to our Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash unpacking the theology, where you can leave us questions, comments, or suggestions for any songs that you would like us to unpack. And while you're there, share us with your friends, or when you're on any of your social media for that matter. Let your family, your friends, and your coworkers know about the show, especially if it's benefited you. The only way our audience grows is if you're out there talking about us. So, we hope you can join us for our next unpacking. Thank you, and God bless.